0: Welcome to The Coach's Show presented by Victus Health. Science you can trust, relief you can feel. The official training room sponsor of the Tucson Sugar Skulls. Well, this is The Coach's Show. And sure enough, we're here with Tucson Sugar Skulls head coach slash GM, Dixie Wooten, who laid the first brick on Sunday in Tucson's championship or bust quest for 2021 with a 55 to 35 win in Albuquerque, New Mexico over the Duke City Gladiators, spoiling their home opener as an IFL franchise. Coach, thanks for being here. Good to have you on.
1: Oh man, glad to be here, man. Brandon, man, you know it's it's a great feeling, man, you know, just to be a part of this organization, man. You know, having great ownership, having great, you know, just all around people around you, man. It's it's it's, it's a surreal feeling, and I appreciate being here.
0: We had to wait a little while, a little bit longer than usual for this season, of course, with the COVID stuff going on in 2020. So, the build-up for this one has been pretty intense and pretty long, but we're all pretty excited and ready to get going here. We're going to have this show kind of fleshed out as we go. This is the first episode, of course, so we're going to kind of use it as an introductory show. So what we're going to do is we're going to introduce ourselves. I'm going to talk about what I do. Coach is going to talk about what he does. And uh, we're going to go over a little bit of the personnel, coaching staff, and the players, and uh, recap the first couple games, because two games have already happened. The Skulls are 1-1. One one. They won on Sunday, of course, as we said, in Duke City. Then we're gonna talk a little bit about the IFL teams that have impressed so far through 2021. And then kinda get into the home opener, which is a big one here on Saturday. We're playing the Iowa Barnstormers. Of course, Coach is a little bit familiar with the Barnstormers. (laughs) Having uh, brought them their first championship. The first championship, I believe, in the city of Des Moines history, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we get into the introductions. My name is Brandon Nensen. I'm the videographer for the team. Uh, I did this uh, same position in 2019. It's Pretty much if you go onto the YouTube page or any one of the social media pages for the team, probably about 95% of the videos that you see on there done by me, including there's a a 22 minute documentary up there recapping the first season. So if anybody wants to brush up on what happened in 2019, the Sugar Skulls made the playoffs in their first year, just go ahead and click on that uh, season recap. Happy to have Coach here, of course, and um, let's get a little bit into uh, talking about you, Coach. Uh, let us know a little bit about uh, your background and kind of what you do
1: in coaching history. I know you're a player, right? So let's get into all that. Yeah, man, um, I'm Dixie Wooten, head coach and general manager of the, of the Tucson Sugar Skulls. Um, born and raised in Houston, Texas. Um, you know, just been coaching for um, 17 years, played for 11, and you know, just... You know, just been around the game a long time, man. My father um, was, a, was a football coach. My uncle was a football coach. So football was in my blood the whole time, man. So, you know, I, I feel like I couldn't do nothing else because at the end of the day, you know, football is all me. So Coach actually is a
0: pretty uh, distinguished player in the indoor football league himself. Uh, 2009 was the first year of the current indoor football league. And, Coach, you were actually uh, on – Two teams that first year, right? absolutely, yeah. Go ahead and talk about that a little bit. It's River City and Wichita, right? Yeah, it
1: was. Um, it was it was a crazy thing that year, man. You know, I started off with the River City Rage and um a team in St. Louis, and um we was nine and one, and I was uh, I had 40, 49 touchdowns to like three interceptions, and you know some things happened, you know, with me and the coach, and you know um I you know I asked for a release, and I went to um went to Wichita um, Wichita Wild. Um, a team in Kansas. So um, the team I went to, they was like four, four and by, not by four and seven, and they did fighting in the playoffs. So what we did, we went, when I got over there, we ran the table, got in the playoffs, and went to the, all the way to the um, to the semifinals of the um, of the league.
0: One of the things that I was introduced to when I saw your name for the first time, because in 2019, I kind of had to familiarize myself a little bit with the Indoor Football League, and I got our uh, media guide from the inaugural season, and they had the records in the back for the Indoor Football League, and it was the top 10 career records for each um, significant category, and then passing yards. I knew the coach for the Iowa Barnstormers was named Dixie Wooten, and I saw right there in the top ten for passing yards for career was Dixie Wooten himself.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, man. You know, that's one thing I pride myself on was, you know, being one of the greatest quarterbacks in this league. You know, working hard every day, making sure you know my, I had my team in the to, in a situation to be successful. So you know, it's it's a it's a great feeling to still be in the record books in the top ten after like so many quarterbacks and so many years. And pass by.
0: And then one of the big things that we're going to talk about too a lot on this show as the season goes on is the community stuff. Uh, Dixie Big in the community, especially um, not only in Iowa where he just came from but in Tucson now too. We, I'm sure everybody in Tucson is going to be familiar with not only the Sugar Skulls but this man right here. The 2010 Adam Pringle Award right. winner which is... Uh, it's uh, focused on leadership in the community and doing things for the community and stuff like that, and Coach was a winner of that award. Talk a little bit about that, Coach, and what you do for the community.
1: Yeah, man, Um, the the Adam, the Adam um, Pringle Award was, was huge to me. It's almost like in the NFL, the man of the year award. Like, the, you go in the community, you make sure you do right by these kids, man, in the community, you make sure you do right by the parents. You get out there, man, you go to schools, you, you go to um, food drives, you go to, you know, clothing drives, you know, to make sure that you're doing right by the community because that, that, the community is big for our team because if it wasn't for the community we wouldn't have a team so that's why you know every every team I go to I'm always there like last year before um COVID hit we was going to a few churches passing out helping pass out you know food to people in need and things like that so I'm always being the community and I and I guarantee that you know Tucson will see me in the community a lot as well
0: That's right. As he said, he's already been doing stuff in the community a whole full year without any games to already get his uh, footprint in on Tucson and stuff like that. I've seen a lot of stuff. If you guys go to the social media pages for the Tucson Sugar Skulls on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, there's already some stuff up there that they've been doing recently with the community, with the players and coach, of course. We're going to get into the uh, overview of the team personnel a little bit right now. We'll talk about the coaching staff first. You got to know Dixie a little bit right now. But um, let's talk about uh, your coaching staff from, the, from top to bottom. We have uh, your assistant head coach who deals with the offensive line, too. His name's Al Alexander. Talk a little bit about Coach Alexander.
1: Man, hiring Coach Alexander was a great, great move, one of my greatest moves, I think. You know, um, he knows he's, a, he's a Tucson native. He, he coach here. He coached the high school in Tucson, you know. So, you know, hiring him, man, he, he's, he's huge, man. He understand how the offensive line worked because he was an offensive lineman in college. You know, um, he's around the community, so when I need to know um, where do I need to go in the community, like to, to see kids and see, you know, things, food drives, he let me know. You know, also he's a he's a cool collective guy, man. He's a guy that when I get rah-rah, he come to the side and cool me down and things like that. So having Al on the team, man, he, he, that's a huge add to this, this program.
0: And like he said, coaches, uh, Coach Al is pretty big in Tucson. He coached for South Point Catholic, which is a pretty uh, a big powerhouse football program here in Tucson. Produced, uh, Dennis Binet used to be the head coach uh, recently. I think Dennis retired. but You can see him at the sidelines, or at least you could in 2019 at every Sugar Skulls game. Uh, I got to interview him actually once in 2017. He's a good guy. Uh, they put out a lot of good, uh, good players, Bijan Robinson one of the uh, top running backs in Division 1 right now for University of Texas Longhorns was a freshman last year he came out of South Point So uh, it's good to have somebody on the coaching staff who's familiar
1: with Tucson. He's probably the
0: only coach that you have on the staff that you haven't worked with before yet.
1: Yeah, now, this is my first year um, having um, Coach Al on the staff. And, like, you know, we we only had two games, but it seemed like I've been knowing Coach Al for about, like, almost 15 years, man. That's how close we are as a staff. But with with Al, man, he, he seemed like when you get to know him, it's like you've been knowing him for 15 years, man.
0: Yeah, I can vouch for that. The first day I was at practice, he came right up to me and introduced himself, and that's something, uh, you know, it's just a guy with a camera at practice. I'm not used to, I'm not used to that all the time from <laughs> coaches, so it was nice to see that from him. Uh, some of the other coaches, though, um, we're gonna get into uh, another indoor football league legend who uh, heads up the defense. He's the defensive line coach and the defensive coordinator, Mr. Zavie Jackson, who is uh, the indoor football league's all-time leader in sacks, spent a little bit of time with some NFL teams too. But That's Coach X. Coach X got 81 and a half sacks in his Absolutely. career, spent a time with a couple teams. I think you played with him, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I played I play with him in River City, the St. Louis team.
0: And uh, Coach X, he most recently, I think, was with Nebraska Danger. He, he works a lot with – I think he was on the staff last year with Pig Brown in Nebraska, yeah, right? Yeah. But uh, talk about what Coach
1: X brings to the Sugar Scope. Oh, man, he brings a lot, man. He, he He is a guy that, you know, he didn't – he, 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 have done, he done it at a, at a high level, you know. He's the um, sack leader in the IFL, so he know exactly how to get the quarterbacks and stop the run in this game. So having him on board, man, he also, he's a hard worker. He, he's one of those guys that jump in and help the equipment guy, jump in and help anybody that need help at any time, man. You know, him, and you know, just he's a, also a great, great friend of mine. You know, I played with him in 2009, and then I also coached him in um 2015 in the um, Rapids. So you know, I've been me and him been around each other for a while. So when he was available to be a coach, you know, he coached a few years in um, Nebraska. But when he got available, I, I hurried up and grabbed him up, brought him over here to Tucson, man. And now he's learning the game big time. Now he's the defensive coordinator, and you know, he been he been having great success here. Yeah,
0: he's another one of those guys that came right up to me, too. But he strikes me for sure. I got to be around the team a little bit now in the last month. He, he seems to be exactly like you, Coach. He's a, he's a little bit uh, – he's friendly, you know, when you introduce him. And, you know, we're, we're going to kind of get familiar with the team and get everybody going. But when we get down to business, then it's no messing around. And that's exactly what I get from Coach X, too, um, especially seeing you guys out on the practice field. I remember watching some Iowa Barnstormers broadcast with their great uh, broadcasting team, yeah. and they used to say a lot about how um, Coach Dixie, when he bring um, he bring a lot of heart and passion, but attention to detail, which Keith Jones Jr. talked about, too. I don't know if you follow us on Facebook, but there's a great video of, of Keith yeah. Jones Jr. talking yeah. about Coach's attention to detail. Um, <laughs> But that's something that with the attention to detail and the heart, and um, but they get down to business, too. Like, that's what it is. This is a business, of course, and um, there's no playing around once you get on the field. Like, I remember, Coach, you said something to me, uh, or to the team, rather, about how, um, I think it was that orientation, how you said, I'm going to be your friend off the field and stuff like Absolutely. that, but it's time to work when we get on the field. Talk Absolutely. a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, man, that's what it's about. You know, um, at the end of the day, this is a professional organization and it's it's we all are grown men. So, you know, we gotta treat each other accordingly. So when you when I see my guys out and things like that, we have fun. We talk about, you know, our kids, we talk about everything like that, you know, because we all at the end of the day have the same problems, you know, we with the good or bad. But when we step on that field, it's all about work. It's all about understanding what we have to do and it's understanding since I'm the head coach. Is understanding it's the understanding about what what I need to have have done, you know, to make us better in this in, in this um, on this ball on this football field, and that's the great thing about it. So with my group this year, they understand it. So when we leave the field, it's all laughs and joke, but they know when we step on that field, it's all business. So it, it's it's important that it always be that way.
0: And uh, moving on with the coaching staff, too, uh, we got Coach Q. So we got Coach X, we got Coach Q. It's like a route. (laughs) But uh, Coach Q is another one of your former teammates, and I think somebody you coached also, too, right, in 2012 down in Texas. um, It's Anquanius Frazier, who was another guy that came right up to me and introduce himself, and it's just a great, he's real friendly coaching staff, but it,
1: like Coach said, they get down to business, too. Talk about Coach Q. Oh, man, Coach Q, man, he's, he's a good friend as well, man. You know, um, like I said, I coached him in Allen, in Allen, Texas, in 2012. And, you know, when he was available to be a coach, you know, he knew the system, everything like that, so I brought him with me in Minnesota in um, 2015. And, you know, he um, what he started doing in Texas, he was training, and he was training the kids in Texas, in Dangerfield, Texas. He trained his son. So, now, you know, his business, That like all the kids are getting older. So, he was ready to get back in coaching again. So, I brought him back on, man. One thing about it is he, he got a very high football IQ. He's one of those guys that can play every position. So, it, it, so, since he play every position, he can teach every position. And it make us ten times better having him, man. You know, he come out to work. He dedicated himself to being successful. And also, you know, he got aspirations of being a head coach as well. So he put in that work to try to try to meet that goal one day, so he can, so I can see him on the, across the other sideline.
0: And did we see
1: him uh, on the bus singing some country music? Oh, absolutely, man. One one thing about Coach Q, man, like you, he, he's a country music guy. He want to listen to country music every day, all day, man. He, and he know every country music song. Coach Q,
0: yeah, one of the first things that he said, he talked about Allen. I know you were uh, the coach there for a little bit in 2012. That was my first introduction to the indoor football league. My first introduction to the indoor football league was in 2012. A lot of people who don't really know the indoor football league but follow the NFL um, might remember a certain wide receiver named Terrell Owens who was a yeah. member of that 2012 uh, Allen Wrangler staff. I'm sure Coach is probably sick of talking
1: about him at this point. That was
0: probably all that was going on that year, right, Coach?
1: I, man, it was fun, though, man. You know, we, it was so many people that came out, you know, that wanted to, you know, just talk to T.O., you know, interview T.O., and things like that. But, you know, when, when I first met him, and, I, you know, I was a little nervous because of the fact that you watch, you watch TV and you hear people say, "But man, that's one of the most hardworking men that I ever seen in my life when it comes to football. He 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 come out early. He stay late. He take all reps. He take all practice team reps. Like he he he's a hard worker, man. And like people people people, I think people misunderstood understand him because of what they see in the media. But man, whatever everything I saw, he gave his effort, full effort every day.
0: That was the best thing too about him being part of the team was that he he brought people into the seats, you know. It was get yeah, your popcorn yeah. ready in the indoor football league too, and that was big for us.
1: Absolutely, man. You know when um you know when when you get a guy like uh, he's a hall of famer. So when you get a guy like that on your team in the indoor game, you know people want to know like. Okay, what, what is he here for? Why is he here? Is he playing around? Is he serious? And then when they come to the game and see how serious he is, man, I'm talking about he was, he was packing that place out, you know, just because of his presence alone.
0: So that's Coach Q and that's Coach Wooten's history together down there in Allen. Coach Q, I didn't mention it earlier, he's a defensive backs coach and special teams coach. Special teams is a huge overlooked portion of football, and one of the things about indoor football league, these guys play special teams. Every one of them plays special teams. You mm-hmm. see Ryan Ballantyne, who we're get in, who going to get into a little bit further in the show, who is out there on kickoff coverages, too, running one of the, the greatest receiver in the history of the league out there on special teams. So Coach Q is heading up that special teams. And, yeah, Coach, what do you think about special teams? I mean, I know Kevin Guy in uh, in Phoenix. He says that, you know, uh, everybody plays special teams. No matter who you are, you're going to be on that uh, unit. You're going to be in those meetings,
1: too. Oh, man, special teams is everything, man. You know, one thing about special teams, you start the game with it and nine time on the 10, you can end the game with it. And what one thing about special teams If the the the, the one time you mess up on special teams, is the one time that you that, that that it can win the game for you, or can lose the game for you. You know, you we we take it, we take it serious here in Tucson. You know, we have a full day of special teams. We practice special teams every day. You know, because we know that special teams can really hurt you in a football game. And we want to make sure that we are one of the best special teams in this league.
0: So rounding out the coaching staff is somebody that I was actually familiar with. I think the only returning member of the coaching staff from 2019, the strength and conditioning coach, Mr. Glenn Howell, who was another big Tucson guy. He played for the University of Arizona Wildcats in the mid-80s. He was a tight end. But he really gets those guys going on the strength and conditioning side, doesn't he, coach?
1: Oh, absolutely, man. And you know that's what that's what it's about, man. You know you you want you want to have people that that make 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 sure your special teams is great. So um, you want to have energetic guy. You want to have energetic, and that's the that's the um energy that they bring. And you know it's, that's what it's about. You know you got to have people that want to go down and you know be like missiles down there.
0: That's one of the big things, too, about the Indoor Football League. We have such a great organization here in Tucson. I found this out. I didn't know this. There's a lot of other teams that I don't think even have strength and conditioning coaches. Absolutely. So for us to have that is just a a major asset to the team. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, like... You know, ha- having them around, man, it's, it's, like I say, you know, we, we make sure our guys work out every, uh, every day. But we have um, two days a week that that Glenn come in and, and, and make sure these guys get right. And that's why we can finish games in the fourth quarter, man. You know, when you're you you you're more physical than teams and, and stronger and and more in shape, you know, that make you finish in the fourth quarter. And that's what Glenn bring to us, that intensity in the fourth quarter.
0: So we're going to move on to the players a little bit. We got to know the coaches. Let's talk about that roster, Coach. Um, first of all, um, there's been a lot of talking about the quarterback room and people questioning it, but I, I don't see any questions after the first couple games with uh, our man, Mr. Demery Croft. He's mm-hmm. basically uh, he's he's earning a nickname for himself that me and my boss like to say he's Dimey Croft,
1: <laughs> throwing those dimes in first couple games. Talk about what he brings to the offense. Man, he he's huge, man. You know, at the end of the day, you know, he's a rookie, so he have to learn the game. He's still learning every step of the way. But one thing about him, he get better and better every day. You know, he 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 go home and watch the film. Then he come home, he, then he come back to the um, facility that morning, watch the film with me. And you know, one thing about him is he's coachable. That's the great thing about it. You know, no, no matter how hard I get on him, he listen to the words and not the, you know, not the voice. And um, that guy, man, he he had a great, he had a, he had a good game against Green Bay, but you know he came back and got better and had a and had a great game against Duke City.
0: Man, I've seen uh, Demry Croft as a University of Minnesota Golden Gopher. He also played at Tennessee State, but um, he's getting a little bit of uh, early dark horse MVP buzz. Is amazing. I mean, we've only played a couple games, but. <laughs> For me personally, he kind of reminds me of another one of your former quarterbacks. This is a, this might be a stretch, but just from looking at him um, and how he carries himself and certainly how he's played for the first couple games, he looks to me a little bit like a right handed Drew
1: Powell, does he not? Oh, absolutely, man. You know, one thing about, you know, um Demery, man, he brings to the table just like Drew, he understood he was a hard worker. And um Drew and Daquan, man, they 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 put in a lot of work to be MVPs in this lead and um Demry is putting a lot of work in as well, you know. So that's why those guys are successful, you know. And, and one thing about it is, you know, Drew is in Arizona, man. He 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 going there. He take leadership of those guys, and that's why they having success down there. And then with Daquan. You know, he do the same thing. That's the first thing we always talk about in our quarterback meetings. You know, if you, you have to be the leader. If the quarterback is not the leader, something's wrong with that football team. Demery is bringing that same quality to our team now. That's why that week one to week two jump was so, so amazing because he took leadership of his team.
0: That's right. Let's not forget about Daquan Neal. Coach alluded to him a little bit. Uh, Drew Powell was the one that got uh, helped you guys get the ring in Iowa. But um, the last two seasons that Dixie Wooten has put together a full year as IFL head coach, he has had the Indoor Football League MVP as his quarterback with Drew Powell in 2018. He's now in the Rattlers. But Daquan Neal, who we're going to get to a little bit more in the show, he is still the quarterback with Iowa, and he's already putting together Uh, a a fine season and making a run for that second straight MVP we're going to talk a little bit more about Daquan but um, yeah Demery he's really coming along at least through the first couple games and um, he's he's making a bid to have you get uh, your third straight MVP quarterback let's get a little bit into the running backs Um, one of the guys who I believe is probably the most overlooked player at least in the media. I mean, I'm, I'm a media member, and so I, I see it firsthand. He doesn't get enough love. That's Mr. Mike Jones. Mike Jones was one of few returning players from the 2019 ball club, and he was, you know, I don't know if many people know this, but Mike was the leading rusher in the Indoor Football League hmm. in 2019. The indoor Football League, they go by, um, they give out their uh, awards like that, and the leaders – uh, based on yards per game, and that was Mike Jones in 2019, and he's already had a, a great start. I mean, he had a great game in uh, Albuquerque. Talk a little about what Mike brings.
1: Man, Mike might bring a lot to this team. Man, he bring on um, one thing. He's a cool, calm, co- collective guy. So he bring he he bring that understanding of you know the calmness is is better than rah rah. You know, in this game because you know in football everybody want to be rah rah, but. You know, Mike step to this. Mike step on the field. He's cool, calm, collective, and also he's big in the run game. But also he's big in the pass game as well. You know, you can put him out there as a receiver. He can catch the football. You can put him in the backfield. He catch the football. Then he put him. You give him a run play. He run hard. You 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 cannot you cannot um try to arm tackle. him. He's gonna break through that. So right now I feel like we have the best running back in the lead in Mike Jones because he can do so much for us.
0: Mike had a, a nice touchdown on the game on Sunday uh, against Duke City. It was late. It was uh, I think it was one of like the ceiling touchdowns in the game. Uh, first of all, Demery made a, a great play to avoid the rush and, and got it out to Mike in the backfield and he took it in for the touchdown. But you're right. It's a uh, great running backs can receive. They have to be able to receive and they have to be able to run. And Mike does that. But uh, as far as receiving targets go, there's a lot for Demary to work with. Not only he makes plays, you know, on the ground like Daquan and yeah. like Drew, but he's got uh, probably the best receiving core in the league to throw to as well, and that's headlined by the GOAT, uh, Mr. B-time <laughs> over there, Absolutely. Ryan Ballantyne, who you know very
1: well. He's another Texas guy, right? Talk about Ryan. Oh, man, Ryan is – Ryan is the man, man. You know, he 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 leads this. He leads this. Um, this lead in a lot of categories. Um, right now, he's on the verge of taking over um, the most yards as a receiver and um, the most touchdowns as a receiver. As of um, the game the other day, um, he caught two touchdowns, so he's now um, 17 behind and um, behind the leader in touchdowns and also um, in yards. He had like 30, um 40 yards receiving, so now he's like 130 yards away from being the most um the leading the leading receiving yards. So he's gonna break a lot of records this year, man. He's he been doing it for he been doing it for a few years. He has been doing it at a high level, you know. 2018, he was the MVP of the United Bowl. So you know, having Ryan on board, man, is is huge for this organization.
0: That's another thing that doesn't get talked about a lot. Like, if this was an NFL, this would be a huge deal. Absolutely. I I don't think people people really know (laughs) that he's breaking in. He already, in the last game, I think, of the year in 2019, he took the receptions crown. Yeah, yeah. So going into this season, he had a one-catch lead for that. And so he's the all-time receptions leader already. Yeah. And like he said, he's closing in on touchdowns. And yards, and you
1: you coached him before in what, Bemidji, right? And yeah, And yeah. also in Cedar Rapids. I, I, um, Bemidji, Cedar Rapids, and um he was an hour with me. Yeah. He was a receiving
0: leader last year, so that's one of the things we're going to talk about. We got the re- the leading rusher, the leading receiver. We get into the defense a little bit. We got the, the leading sacker from Absolutely. 2019, so we got it all. But uh we'll stay on the, the receivers a little bit because we got a couple guys – uh, rounding out that receiver cord, not only Ryan Ballantyne that you coached in Iowa, and that's um, we got Juju Augustine. Who, who yeah. Who, I, when I heard the broadcast in Duke City when they called him Sheldon Juju Augustine, I see it on the <laughs> roster. I'm like, he
1: really he's going by that Juju, huh? Yeah, I'm telling you, man. That, that's his nickname from New Orleans, man. His his family gave it to him. But having Augustine back is huge, man. You know, he was one of those guys that was with me in 2018 when we won the championship. So he understand how you know the dedication is from us. He understand what we need to be do, to do. We need to be done, what we need to do to be successful. You know, he come to work every day, man. And he he man, he make the great plays. Like in the um, first game against Green Bay, he caught it in double coverage, got hit, and still scored a touchdown, man. So and then he also bring the speed to the game. You know, he's probably one of our fastest players out there. So, you know, having having Augustine on our team, man, he, he brings a lot of dynamic to, to our um, offense.
0: Yeah, he scored the first touchdown of the season for the Sugar Skulls. A long-awaited first
1: touchdown, I'll tell you
0: that. But um, Juju, he's one of the most fun dudes out there, uh, another guy that comes right up to you, and he's he's, he's vocal about his game, and he, he really brings it on the field, I'll tell you that. He's been a part of probably the best two – uh, indoor Football League teams in recent yeah. memory with the 2018 Barnstormers. And then last year being part of the Rattlers they their undefeated regular season. And then Jazarek Peterson, yeah. another guy from the Barnstormers that you're familiar with. Um, and Kent Shelby. Kent Shelby is another guy who is... Who is you can't say enough about Ken Shelby right. doing commercials for Victus and <laughs> and catching touchdown passes. Uh, he's he's got he showed me his ring the first time he came here for orientation. He
1: was a champion with the uh, with the Sioux Falls Storm yeah. last year.
0: Talk about Ken a little bit.
1: What's man, Ken Ken is one of those guys, man. That. You know, anything you ask him to do, he'll do You ask him to play X, he's there. You ask him to play Y, he's there. Ask him to play Z, he's there. Get on special teams, he's there. You know, it's nothing that you, you you can't ask him and he won't do. You know, being the champion of last year's Sioux Falls Storm team, he understand the work and the dedication it take to, you know, go to the championship because, you know, at the end of the day, you know winning the championship is not easy. So when you have guys that understand how to win it, they understand how to work, their work ethic is different, their mindset is different, and they understand that the game is different. And that's where Ken at, man, and that's why he's having some great success right now. And I think he, and he's just getting used to the offense. So, you know, when we play game three, he's going to be better. Game four is going to be better. And by the time we get ready to make that run to the playoffs, he's going to be probably one of the best in the league. And he's a gamer, too. I remember
0: meeting him. We were, you know, real nice and friendly the first. I talked to him for a good half hour at orientation. But then the next time I saw him, uh, when it was in training camp, yeah. he was he was like down. I was like, what's going on? He's like, man, I'm, I'm, I am I'm. just need to, 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 to focus and stop making mistakes. So, so he's really he's yeah. focused at all times. He's in the game, even when there isn't a game. And that's what I like about him. The one thing that Sugar Skulls fans probably hold against Kent Shelby, but uh, they're going to be – Forgiving him real quickly is Kent Shelby was the man that caught that onside kick in the playoff game in 2019 that ended <laughs> the Sugar Skull season, and I talked to Kent a little bit about that, and he says I, I'm pretty sure that it's going to take uh, no time at all for the Skulls fans to forget all about that and warm <laughs> up to me. So move on to the offensive line too. There's a uh, there's an, a returning Sugar Skull Antonio Chief Versalles, who is uh, a great Division One Offensive lineman Absolutely. he played with San Diego State and he was the the big-time enforcer the crowd. He's a fan favorite and um, Rosales actually he's a, a Tohono autumn tribe member. He's a great uh, Guy for the Tucson community talk about what chief brings to the table.
1: Oh, man Antonio bring a lot man one thing he bring especially to the offensive line is toughness you know he get with those guys. He under, he, he let those guys understand what we are about, and those guys buy in because when chiefs talk, man, everybody listen. And you know one thing about that man. You know when you got an offensive line as powerful like he is, he's understanding, like he's smart, he's physical. He, he 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 what he bring to the table is he get these guys together and they meet and they and they go over the tube. So now it's like we have three chiefs you know, on the, on, on the on front, front lines. So, man, that's, that's a great thing. And, and then also community-wise, man, you know, Chief being a head coach of a high school in Tucson, you know, he understands that the kids in Tucson, what, what we have to do to reach out to him. So, you know, he's one of those guys that, that stay in the community and we, we appreciate him
0: one of the best things that, the thing that kind of made me laugh a little bit i was at a training camp scrimmage here a couple weeks ago when you guys had the indoor football league referees out there mm-hmm. and they had a little bit of question and answer session at the end of that scrimmage and uh chief was one of the the first ones to ask a question he said how many personal fouls can you get before you're thrown out of the game and that's that's the kind of guy he is if you watch uh the documentary and any game from last year Man, he was the first one to step in when uh, somebody's he's he's perceiving uh, teammates getting mistreated. He's he's certainly the enforcer. But unlike hockey, uh, the the enforcers in hockey are kind of uh, n- not very good. Not very. They're, that's they're 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 just there to be the enforcer chief. He's, yeah. he's yeah. like top flight offensive lineman, and he he's the like the security, the first line of defense when it comes to that stuff too. So we're looking forward to having him in the boneyard and. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be pretty raucous when the first time that he um, kind of lays into somebody, hopefully he gets to stay in the game.
1: And that, that's what Chief brings to the table, man. And the great thing about it is this year he haven't had a personal foul yet. So, you know, he's growing as a man because at the end of the day, you know, it's, 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 four, it's four seconds to make, you know, a, a football play. And, you know, sometimes, you know, players, they, they they overthink it and let their emotions get the best of them. But Chief is being very in control of his emotions right now, man. So he's playing great and not with all the other baggage. And
0: then we got another former barnstormer, another former – Player for you, Brandon Haskin, who's really shored up the offensive line, too. He's another guy like Augustine, who played on the Rattlers last year. Next to there's a couple all IFL guys on that Rattlers line last year, and Lamar Mady and Steven gorola And then the third guy on that line was Brandon Haskin. So he's uh a certainly an asset to this team. And you're familiar with him, of course, yeah. Coach. And uh, he's somebody that I
1: think got a little bit banged up yesterday, but hopefully he's going to be good. Yeah. Like um, again, Brandon um, Haskin was a part of that twenty eighteen team when we won the championship in the Indoor Football League. So you know he he's another guy that bring that pedigree of of a champion. Understand hard work. Understand what it takes, Understand when you in a in a, in a ball game, you got to fight to the end and finish in the fourth quarter. You know he understand that. You know he he every snap have to be a successful snap. That's why um Brandon played in the XFL before um COVID hit because of what type of player he is. He got beat up a little bit yesterday, you know, leg wise, but he will be okay. You know he'll be recovering by another about a week or two and be ready to go.
0: He's got a great name too, Brandon. I love that. Yeah. But uh, <laughs>
1: center wise, we got
0: uh, Cordell Brewster who's yeah. um really stepped up to the plate for us. He had a good game yesterday, Cordell. I uh, talked to him a little bit. He's another good, one of them good guys. Cordell, uh, he played in Louisiana for
1: his his uh,
0: college ball, didn't
1: he? Yeah, he played at the um, University of um Louisiana Lafayette, um a D one program man. And like I say, you know having Cordell in that middle man, he's 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 tough. By six two, like two ninety eight, you know, and and he 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 makes sure that middle no pressure come from that middle man. You know having him. You know, he's a quiet guy, he's a fisherman, he loved going fishing every other day. So he even found, you know, fishing holes in Tucson. So, you know, that that's how that's how much he, he loved fishing, man. But, you know, football wise, by having him in the middle, you know, we get no pressure in the middle, man, and, and also, like I say, he's a he's a sponge when it comes to learning football. So, you know, you got to appreciate a guy like 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 Brewster, man. He's a, he's a great player, and he's also a, a great person. So we're
0: gonna count on him a little bit as the season goes, because uh, there's a little bit of uh, injuries going on in that offensive line, but Cordell stepped up. Like I said, we're gonna rely on him a lot. Let's move on to that defensive line though, and the guys that X are gonna be working with. Um, the one that sticks out for me, one of my favorite players, I, I really haven't even seen him yet at the Boneyard, but he's the, the IFL leading sacker from 2019, and he worked with X for a little bit in Nebraska too. He went to University of Florida, he bounced around a, a bunch of really good D1 programs, great talent, six foot five. He gets after you, gets after the quarterback. Uh, he gets in the quarterback's head with his mouth and, and gets after him with his legs and his, and his moves too, Chris Martin.
1: Oh yeah, Chris Martin is the real deal, man. You know he been doing it on a high level for a long time, man. You know last year in um the last season in Nebraska, he was the sack leader, man. And he he gave he gave people trouble everywhere he went, man. You know and that's one thing about great by having him here. You know he understands the game. You know he can get these young guys going on a whole another level because when they see him work, they work a little tougher. You know, so having Chris on board, man, is special because now we—he—he he, he, like I say—he get after the quarterback. He can stop the run. You know, he can make sure. You know, he can get back and hold um, running backs if he have to. You know, also he plays special team for us. You know, he—he—he—he's one of those guys that. Will do anything that I ask about anything I ask as well. You know, we tell him to get in the community. He go, he, he go to the community. He, the, he get into the community. You know, he do a lot of great things for this organization.
0: I never seen a player that was so hands on uh, with coaching up his his other positional guys than I have seen from Chris Martin. When I was at the practice the other day, that's all he was doing. He wasn't. He wasn't even really doing drills as much as the other guys. He was coaching them up and and. And he was given a lot. Of, there's a difference between good coaching and just just giving pointers, wasting somebody's time. Right. But he was actually giving stuff that was, was like, "Geez, I don't even know." I feel like I could step in and, and give a nice bull rush after what
1: he was right. saying. and that's that's the good thing about it. You know, um, in Nebraska, you know, um, Coach X was his D line coach there as well, so he understands exactly what um Coach X, you know, want want to put out there when it comes to teaching. So basically, um, Chris is an extension. Of, of, Coach X, of Coach X's teaching, and that's the great thing about it.
0: So, along, the, the, along that D line, also is another uh, Indoor Football League veteran, Terrence Fulham, who I remember seeing. I went to uh, San Diego for Sugar Skulls Road Trip, and of course, the Strike Force came to the Boneyard a couple times last year, but got to, got to see a lot of Terrence Fulham, and once I saw that we had signed him for 2021, I was pretty excited about him. Talk a little bit about what
1: Fulham brings. You know he bring a lot to the table. You know he's a um, playmaker. You know he's um, he he he's a straight he's a pass rusher. They get around that corner, man. Go try to get after that quarterback. Also, you know when they try to these um they, they they try to run runs outside, he go chase them down, man. So you know he bring a lot to the table and he he understand the game big time.
0: We also brought in a f- original Sugar Skull this week who made his debut his re-debut with the Mm -hmm. team i guess you could say shakur phillip um shakur was uh he he joined fulham down in san diego for the second half of 2019 but Mm -hmm. he broke in with the sugar skulls he was like i said one of those original sugar skull guys i was surprised to see him in the building i was like am i having flashbacks here and and he's he's a good dude though and he he had a nice game against duke city so we're hoping that he can come up Mm -hmm. big too yeah
1: man he's huge man he like uh um One thing about him, man, he, he's low to the ground at about 6'1", but he's heavy at 295. So, and he quick feet, quick hands, and he gives centers a lot of problems, man. You know, and that's the great thing about having him here. You know, his first game was against Duke City, and he put, he, he brought a lot of pressure in, up that middle, you know, to get that, um, Nate Davis off his spot. So, you know, I feel like he's going to get better every week, and he's going to, he's going to be – 10 times better when it comes to um, Iowa this week.
0: And just so you know, Nate Davis, this is a guy with NFL quarterback experience. He's the only quarterback in the NF or in the IFL, excuse me, that has, has taken a bunch of snaps uh, in, the, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He was a San Francisco 49er in 2009, 2010. He was the offensive player of the week in week one. And you guys held him in check pretty well. I mean, mm-hmm. 35 to six at halftime, had three first half interceptions. So you know this, that was no he's he's no pushover that
1: Nate Davis and you guys handled him pretty well. Absolutely, man. We had a game plan, man, and we was gonna stick to our game plan no matter what. You know, we um we came out and we banged the receivers to slow them down because um the way Nate played football he throw to a spot, you know, so he want those guys to be there on time. But when we um we banged them a little bit, they um knocked them off their route, and then we got pressure from our D line up the middle. So that's that's that was our that was our way to. You know, make sure he didn't get, you know, throw eight touchdowns and stuff like that.
0: I'm getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Moving on to the game recap, let's uh, let's talk about the linebackers. Of course, in the indoor football league, you you basically have one linebacker every play, so we don't have a real deep linebacking court. Nobody really does. It's a couple guys on each team. But there's a guy TT Barber who's going to be the linebacker for us this year. TT has got some big shoes to fill. Of course, you know Zach Allen was the first team all IFL guy for Iowa and then he brought that same pedigree over to Tucson. He was mm-hmm. probably one of the best players in Circus School's short history at this mm-hmm. point being uh, all IFL in 2019 too. So talk about the the shoes or what Zach brought to the table and what TT's going to have to do to fill
1: those shoes. Man, you um having Zach, man, it's hard to fill his shoes, man. You know he's a, he's a he's a natural leader. That, that that guys gravitate to because of you know the way that he worked, the way that he demand guys to um pay attention to him to, to work hard. You know, TT is a is a rookie. You know, he um he, he he don't have the grasp of the game yet, but he's one of the most athletic you know um linebackers I've ever seen. You know, when he when he when he understand the play, he's full speed downhill, make sacks. You know, getting coverage. So that's that's all he has, have to do is work on. Just getting more reps, getting more understanding of the game, and he, he will be close to the one on, on Zach level.
0: But Zach was, uh, man, Zach's something else. I, I can remember the intensity that he brought to practice. You know, he would push guys so hard that they would that w- they would break and, and, like, almost want to fight him. Like, that's what yeah. he would bring for the team. And, um, you know, it was a lot of pleasure working with him that first year, and I'm sure you, you can say the same thing because you worked with him more than I did. Uh, but um, the defensive backs. Let's get into the defensive backs and the guys that Q works with. Uh, a little bit um, talking about linebackers. We had a defensive back
1: playing a lot of linebackers, Mr. Jawan Harley, who's another one of your former players. Talk about Jawan. Jawan, man, yeah, like like you said, Brown Brand. He played he played for me for like three years. He played for me in, um, in Minnesota and he played for me in um, Iowa. Man, you know one thing about him is he can play everything. He played corner, strong safety, free safety. And you know he and, and linebacker, so he understands every aspect of of the football game. Spent some time with the the Buffalo Bills too yeah, in their 2014 absolutely. camp. Yeah, and that he, he another guy with NFL experience and also IFL experience. You know you can't you can't beat that.
0: And he's one of those guys that is is he's a worker. You know I follow him on Instagram. Uh, anybody who doesn't follow all these guys on Instagram, follow the team, check them out. But Jawan Harley, he puts together his own tapes, you know. <laughs> and I'm a videographer, so I'm like, hey, if you can put together your own thing, then yeah. by all means, that that's the load off of me. Yeah. But uh, Juwan, he's he's a guy that he he likes to point out that he came from from Walmart. He came from Safeway. He posts a picture of himself at Safeway. And uh, I actually work at Safeway, too. This is That's my other thing that I do. But I'm like, hey, uh, whatever we can do to get from Safeway to the Sugar Skulls, and, and that's really what this whole thing is about. I talked to you a little bit about that, Coach, and these guys are really here to get on to the next level. And. Some of them are trying to get back to the next level, and that's really where I'm going with this next one. That's Mr. Matt Elam. Matt Elam is a a big-time asset to our defensive backfield. Matt was a first-round draft pick of the Baltimore Ravens back in 2013. He's a a Florida Gator. He knew Chris Martin from the Gators. And uh, that was really a a boon for us. When I saw the, the signing of Matt Elam, I said, the Matt Elam coming to Tucson? Talk about what Matt does for us.
1: Oh man, Matt is huge, man. You know, you—it's not every day that an um, IFL team get a first round draft pick in the NFL, and you know, I feel like having him on board, you know, with his football IQ and his understanding of the game is, is unreal, man. You know, and that, that's the great thing about having him. You know, when young guys come in, they see a first round draft pick. First thing they do is look at his work ethic, and by the, by him working so hard, you know, those guys fall right in. You know, so you know, having 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 Elam here is important. But also, man, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing because of the fact that, you know, our players feed off of that guy. Tucson's very own Mr.
0: Cam Gaddis suffered an injury against Green Bay, which is yeah. pretty tough. It was, uh, I think it was a little bit worse than we initially thought. I mean, me at home, I saw him get hurt in the third quarter and go back into the game, so I don't think anybody expected Cam to have the injury to his ribs that he has. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's going to take a little while for him to recover, but uh, – you know, we, like I said, like Dixie said, it's championship or bust here in Tucson. So yeah. maybe there's a chance that we could see Cam Gaddis in a Skulls uniform at some point this season again.
1: Yeah, man, it it was tough losing Cam, man. You know, Cam was a great player. You know, he's one of our starters. You know, he worked hard to be be in that position. You know, he um, came in in the last camp at, like, 170. But he came in this camp, like, 185, 190. So, he put the work in, got the size. You know, he came in faster. He came in, you know, with more agility to him. You know, so, you know, I felt bad that he got hurt the first game because all the work he put in, man, I wish it would have, you know, came came in fruition for him. But we really
0: uh, picked up the slack yesterday. That defense, like I said, three first-half turnovers. Yeah. Guys like um, Mike Minner stepping up, and Corey Butler, Burr—they both had interceptions. And uh, I think we're gonna be okay. I don't know uh, what. How do you feel about that going forward without guys like Cam and and the the progress and progression of these defensive backs?
1: Yeah, man, it's always it's always bad to lose a, a Cam Gaddis, man. But at the end of the day, you got as a coaching staff. You got to make sure you have people on next man up. And I'm a truly, a true believer of that, you know, next man up. You know, hey, one guy hurt, one of our brothers got hurt, you know, we feel bad, but hey, the next man got to be up in there. And that's what it's about.
0: So we talked a little bit about the importance of special teams in football and in the indoor football league. Uh, the only guy, the guy who solely makes up our special teams um, unit <laughs> is Mr. they call him Automatic Dan in mm-hmm. practice, Dan Bowen. Um, Dan is probably... I had a little conversation with him. He's he's one of the few guys out there that's older than me. I'm yeah. A, I'm so used to everybody being in their, their 20s and stuff. But Dan, he's... Uh, he. This is his first year in the indoor football league. Yeah, he kicked a little bit in arena. But uh, he's he's a, he's a good dude to talk to. And the, and the best thing about it is that he makes kicks. So he's really going to be an asset to us too, I think.
1: Yeah, most definitely, man. You know, um, with my kicker, I don't ask a lot for my kicker. But with Daniel... He do everything I ask him to do, and he work on it, and he do it great. Like, um, he, he, you know, um, just with the Duke City game, he was – well, Green Bay game, he was four for four with extra points. And the Duke City game, um, he was seven for eight because we got one block. You know, so so he's doing a great job kicking extra points. And then also, he had a great game of kicking um, fit, uh, I mean, kickoffs off. He was kicking in the back of the end zone, giving his guys time to get down there. And we got down there and made plays. Every, it's like every kickoff we um, – covered was inside the 15 and that's perfect in this league.
0: And that's a big deal too to have somebody that can uh, boom it down to the end zone and potentially put it through the uprights because right. the deuce is a rule now this year in the indoor football league which wasn't around before in 2019. Uh, the deuce for anybody who doesn't know is uh, within the last minute of the half if you can kick the field, if you can kick through the uprights that'll be two points.
1: With that with that um, rule um, the deuce you can only do it with one minute left in the second quarter and one minute left in the fourth quarter. So that made the game a little, you know, different because of the fact that now, say if you go you go up seven and you um you come back and another team score and they tie the game up and say you got one second left on the um clock, you can um basically kick a long field goal and um I mean kick a long deuce and hit that and win the ball game. So it it brings a different dynamic to the to the rules.
0: So we kind of went over most of the whole roster. Hopefully there's a couple other guys. We can talk about everybody, but hopefully there's a few more guys that are going to step up and, and uh, make the show here yeah. during the season. I'm sure there will be. But uh, who are some guys? I mean, obviously Ryan Ballantyne is uh, hopefully going to have a, a great moment for us to to be proud of this season when he overtakes those yards and touchdown records. But who are some other guys <laughs> that you're – of course, Demry Croft. Who are some other guys that you're excited about um, for this upcoming season, Coach?
1: Just um, guys that, you know, you usually don't – you, you hear hit hit their name. Um, Mike Mentor, man, I, I'm excited to um, see what he's going to do this season. You know, the first couple – first week he had to sit out with his back, but now he's healthy, got a pick. He led the team in tackles that um, against um, Duke City. So, um, Mike Mentor, I'm excited to see him. Also, I'm excited to see, um, you know, Kent. Because Kent, what, what he brings to the table and being a, a championship caliber player, you know he brings a huge thing to the table, so I'm, I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see Brewster. You know Brewster is the anchor of our O line. If you don't have a, if you don't have a center, you don't have anything. And um, he's one of those guys that you know make sure nothing come through the center, man. And and that's that's the guys I'm excited to see.
0: Uh, Mike Minner too is an interesting guy. Um, I, when I first heard his name, I thought, oh, great pedigree, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive back Mike Minner. That must be his dad, right, from the Carolina Panthers. But no. <laughs> Mike's—that's—it's uh, that's just a, a cool name and a great namesake, and uh, yeah, he's—he's he's a good DB like the original Mike Minner, but he did it all on his own. There's no, there's no pedigree there, and yeah. hopefully he can make a name for himself just like the other Mike Minner. And
1: that's—and that's what it's about, man. You know, one thing about him, he got—he got lead size. He make lead Pays like the interception he caught um, during the game in Aberkirk it was unreal, man. That was a great one. Yeah, oh, so that, that's the good thing about him, man. You know, he bring that to the table. He, he can play man, he can play zone. He's one of those guys that can fit in any system around
0: one of the rough things about uh watching broadcasts on youtube from the the um opposing team like when we're on the road they don't like to show replays and yeah sometimes absolutely. they can't yeah so I'm, i was having to, to go back on that stream and watch that minor interception again because that was that was a great one on yeah. Sunday but uh so those are pretty much the players that we're working with this year of course we're going to talk about more of them and hopefully some of the ones that we didn't talk about are going to pop up like i said but uh we kind of touched upon the Albuquerque game, you know. Not much else to say other than the fact that it was a. Uh, I talked to Coach during the week, and he said, you know, hey, hey we're going to be back, and and it just had to shake off some rust from the Green Bay game. They had what four games yeah. before yeah. we did, so you know we're going to be ready. And boy, were we ever! So <laughs> talk about the the transition from what happened at Green Bay and how you guys were able to correct that, and not only correct it, but in such. Um, such positive uh, and uh, complete fashion in Duke City.
1: So, um, when we went to Green Bay, you know, it's our first game, and we got a lot of players that never played this game before. So, you know, you got to think about the speed of the game, the first game of the season. You got to think about, you know, the understanding of the game, the first game of the season. And you got to think about, you know, just being in shape. Like, we were, we were in shape, but, you know, the game was so fast at the time, man. Our guys wasn't used to it. We, our first time ever being in an arena. You know, to um, play the game, and then also we played the game with, with with a team that played four, four um, you know, had played four games for us. So our guys, we made a lot of mistakes. We ended up losing the game, forty-two thirty-six, but we had twelve penalties for ninety-two yards, and they only had hundred and six total yards. So you know, we shot ourselves in the foot. We shot our own self in the foot by you know running, you know, doing doing things that will stop drives, like you know, personal foul on offense when you get a first down. You know, personal foul on defense on fourth down. You know, we, so when we clean that up, that's why um Albuquerque looked like 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 the game we supposed to, like we played that game.
0: It's a real different thing, too, coming from practicing outside. In most of these guys' cases, you've been with a lot of them in 2020, carrying over yeah. 2021. To finally get back into that arena, it's not like, uh, you know, the outdoor game practice oh. to the game. Because these guys got to go from completely outside and in the hot Arizona sun, no less. To the arena with people, you know, five, ten thousand people screaming at him, right. and that's one of the funny things too. And this past week at practice, I remember Cordell was trying to get everybody. He was trying to like hear the play, and he was yeah. telling everybody, "Be quiet." And everybody on the sidelines and on the field at the time <laughs> were like, "No, we're just not gonna be quiet in the arena." And everybody started screaming, and it was like, you know, there's not really a, a good way to prepare it's not because it's completely opposite yeah. when you go inside in all ways. But um so we're really looking forward to uh, getting that first home game going on on Saturday. We'll talk a little bit more about that. I just want to get through some of the IFL teams, coach, that have impressed you through yeah. the first month or so of the season.
1: So man, one team is um it been um the 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 Frisco for, um, fi- fighters. You know, they went to Spokane, put out a big win on the road, then they went to another road game and um beat and beat um Louisville. So you know those guys have been impressive. And also, you know, Iowa, you know, with the Corn and those guys, you know, Coach um, Les Moss, those guys are very impressive as well, man. Them guys play hard, you know. I'm sorry, they got the MVP that can run and pass. So, and that defense not bad at all either. You know, that's another um, Iowa-born Stormers, That's another team, and you know, it's just it's just um, like a few more. You know, the thing about this lead um, this year, Brandon, I feel like everybody everybody is good. Everybody can beat somebody on any given um day. And that's the great thing about it, man. So, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a coach, but also I'm a fan of this league. And, you know, I like looking around at these great coaching staffs that's on, on teams. And, you know, and now, you know, it's coming apart. Like, shoot, everybody except two teams have, have a win. And I think them other teams that have a win as well too down the road.
0: Yeah, the league is really growing. I mean there's uh expansion of course that took place. There's even some expansion teams that had to sit out this year because yeah. of COVID stuff. So we're gonna have eighteen or more teams in 2022 but <laughs> even with the 12 we, we went from 10 to 12 really 2019 right, to 2021 right. the parity is is crazy for mm-hmm. the first i don't know if that has anything to do with the coven the fact that there was four teams that had to start before most of the other ones but looking back on 2019 there was a good like you know the rattlers were undefeated most of the year and then there was the playoff teams in the middle and then a, a good separation between the last four yeah, teams. yeah there's not anything like that going on this year it's like everybody has a chance to beat anybody
1: on, on any given day I'm telling you, that's how it is, man. And that that make the league great, man. You know, just when you step on the field and you know that anybody can win, that's what make the league great. Instead of having a team that you think is going to show up and just beat everybody, you know, you don't want that in a football league. So, you know, the great thing about it is that these owners understood that so they went and got great coaching. You know, as long as they go get great coaching, these great these coaches can give their message to their teams, and then when you step on the field, you're always going to have great games, man.
0: So the team that you brought up first when I asked you about the IFL teams that have impressed you so far, the Frisco Fighters, um, they're a team that has a lot of uh, arena football league uh, legends and around them. They got mm-hmm. uh, Clint Dozel as the head coach. He won arena football league, uh, arena bowl. And uh, with Philadelphia, and then he brought his quarterback Dan Roddaball with him. I think he's he's heading the offense. Yep. Um, they got a lot of good stuff going on for them too with mm-hmm. Jonathan Bain and Jared Hurd, and and um, unfortunately we're not going to see them in the regular season. Right. But you never know how it's going to shape up uh, in the playoffs. But uh, I, I talked to some other guys around the league too, and they they said like Drew specifically was like that was one of the first things he said was Frisco is one of the teams to watch out for. So, Absolutely, and they're the only ones now after after
1: we knocked off Duke City yesterday. Frisco is the only one that's unbeaten. Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't think that's gonna last long. You know they got a, they got a rough schedule coming up, so I think everybody everybody's gonna lose a game this year. I can I can promise you that. You know, but you know, it's all depends on how these teams bounce back. It's all depends on how these teams go watch film and understand what they have to do to be successful, man. And and like I say, the IFL is putting up a great program, a great product on 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 the field with these teams, and also growing in in the same in the same pay growing, you know, in the same situation that everybody else is in these leagues, man. You know, we got new teams coming in. You know, from um from Las Vegas and many more to come as well, plus the other two the California teams are coming back. Oakland, so man. yeah, man. So it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a lead that people gonna have to pay attention to because of our numbers.
0: So let's talk about that home opener that's coming up on Saturday. That's a big game. Is it is it any bigger for you? I remember asking Marcus Coleman about this last year. Is it I did a whole piece on it last year. Is it any bigger? For you being that that's your, your former team, or is it you just preparing for it like any other game?
1: You know, it's, it's all, you, you always have an edge, a chip on your shoulder to beat your old team, no doubt about it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you put in a lot of work and hour, you put a lot of dedication and hour, and now you're in a certain other place. So, you know, you, you know, at the end of the day, you got to be truthful about it. You know, it, it'll be a great feeling to beat out, no doubt about it, because I was there. You know, I got guys there still, you know, that I'm close to. I, I keep up on a, on a regular basis. So, when I see those guys, they know that, you know, we're going to bring our best game so, you know, we, we, can, we can beat those guys. And, you know, and it's going to be fun seeing my guys, like I said before the game, shake shake their hand, hug them, you know, and all that. But, you know, to be honest with you, yeah, beating Iowa is it, one of those games on my list.
0: That's good to hear. I, I like an answer like that, somebody being honest and not saying, Absolutely. you know, it's just a regular game you're nah. preparing yeah. for like any other game. But uh, one of the things, that was uh, the greatest game that I've ever been at as far as IFL was the Iowa-Tucson game mm-hmm. last year. I know the, the Sugar Skulls fans listening probably don't want us to touch on that too much, mm-hmm. so we won't. But I will say that when I was in the locker room with my camera doing my uh, my NFL films thing uh, at halftime, I was in the, the the meeting room with Marcus Coleman talking to his defense. And um, they were he was really talking about things that he knew – about tendencies from you and from Ryan Ballantyne, and they seemed like they were a a lot more prepared than they would be. Of course, they didn't end up winning that game, but is there anything that you can say about that kind of edge, like since you know – uh, the the franchise and you know DeQuan and you know like Hollenbeck yeah. and stuff. Do you, do you feel like you have a little bit better insight on how to beat these guys since I, you coach?
1: Absolutely, because um you know having um Les Moss on 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 their staff, he's a he's a guy that has been around the indoor football game a lot. You know, in indoor not indoor football but um the arena football. So the arena football rules and the uh, IFL rules are a little different. So what what I see is that he's been you know relying on Daquan to get him across that curve. So I see a lot of you know the stuff that I run in our you know. So it's going to be you know I I'm, like I said we breaking down film just to understand what they're trying to do in certain plays. And like I say, you see a lot of characteristics where you know um, Daquan is running a lot of stuff that he used to when you know when we when we was together.
0: Well, good, then you yeah. might have a little bit of an edge that might help us. Um, one of the things, you started getting a little bit into the terminology and, and strategy of the game. That's one of the things that going forward here, That's like I said, this is an introductory episode. Yeah. I want to really touch upon stuff like that. Uh, not, you know, maybe get too deep into it for the fans right. that don't want to hear too much about that. But we're going we're gonna to try and toe the line between <laughs> talking about some IFL stuff, getting people adjusted. Because like you said, the indoor football league is different from what some people know in the arena Absolutely. football league. Absolutely. It's a lot more running. There's no real Iron Ironmen. Yeah. You know, you, there's yeah. no nets on the, on the, the field goals. So it's a totally different game. But uh, it does resemble the pro game, and that's what people love a absolutely, lot. Absolutely, absolutely. A good mixture of you yeah. know arena football scoring on a short field, and then what the the pro game has with the with the, t- the toughness and the tenacity and the run in the game, and you know pound it. So you know I look forward to talking a little bit more about football, football. Oh, yeah. Once we get the roster stuff out of the way yeah. in future episodes. Yeah. But we'll talk a little bit more about the excitement for the home opener. I mean, we got 100 percent capacity going. Um, I know there's not a whole lot of guys on the the barnstormers anymore from from when you were there, right? I mean, besides Daquan and and Hollenbeck and and De, uh, Demarvius Lovin, who was here. Yeah. Neil and Lovin were here for a little yeah, bit. And yeah. Yeah. They're back there, but other than and, than those guys and and well's there's really not a whole lot. Yeah. of guys Yeah.
1: Well, um, there's a few more other guys. You got TJ. You know, it's about like about it's about seven eight guys that still on that team that I had in the 2019 season. You know, but man, it's going to be exciting. You know our first home game. You know um, we 100 percent capacity, thanks to um, Pima, you know county for making that decision for us. We really appreciate it. You know we know that our um, our county is is pro business, and, and and it's making sure that we know that you know they care about our business as well. And you know and and opening up 100 percent is huge, man. You know we're gonna have everybody in the building. We're gonna be having everybody going crazy for us and and making a lot of noise so that these guys can can you know mess up their count. Every now and then And you know Put pressure on them To make every, every play great You know And then we get to do it In front of our community You know So you know Our fans understand that It's all about them And we want to win A championship for them So now they can come In the building And see everything So June 5th man Is going to be Uh, A great, great, great day for everybody in Tucson, but for us, man, it's everything because that home opener is a great, great thing to to come out and show that we're winners, show that we're professional, show that we uh, understand what we're doing. So now, you know, by us going in that game, we can, we, can show our, um, we can show our community that, you know, we, we we want them here. We want to be here for them. And we want to pack the house every 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 time we open them doors. Nice championship or bust. Yeah, and, absolutely.
0: And Coach said, uh, with the 100% capacity, we expect a lot of people there and a lot of loud noise. The last game that was played in the Boneyard... Was a win against Quad City for in 2019 when we cl- when we clinched the playoff spot and they gave out these yellow thunder sticks that everybody was beating yeah in. They had yeah yellow, like terrible towels we got to <laughs> give a name to those <laughs> towels hopefully there's gonna be a lot of that going on on Saturday but I'm excited there's still tickets on sale too if you want to go to TucsonSugarSkulls.com Or call uh, 520-573-3000 for tickets. We're looking forward to uh, packing the boneyard and breaking some attendance records and making it as full as we can for that game. So everybody's real excited about that. Uh, Come on out and join us. And if you can't, then tune in on YouTube. The stream is going to be live on YouTube on the Indoor Football League channel. So we hope to see all you Sugar Skulls fans out there on Saturday. Again, it's going to be the Iowa Barnstormers, Dixies' former team, and the former team of a lot of players on the team, actually. (laughs) So it's going to be a real, real big event, first game of the season, after a long, long wait. But, yeah, Saturday, June 5th, 6.05 at the Boneyard Tucson Arena. Uh, Be there or tune in on the YouTube stream on Indoor Football League Channel. Coach. Uh, The Coach's Show, presented by Victus Health. We're going to be doing a lot of these. This is the first one. I feel like it went pretty good, but thanks for being here. Absolutely. And
1: I'm looking forward to uh, doing this again next week. Oh man, absolutely, man. It, you know, having fun with your brandon just talking about sugar skulls, you know the the organization, football, the fans, everything, man. it's it's a great thing, you know, and I, like I say, I can't I can't wait to the till the next show so we can talk about more. I love it, man. i've been I've been talking about sugar skulls for for two years, and to be able to do it. In, and sit
0: down and do it with the head coach right now, and what's about to be a great season is really a thrill for me too. So thanks again for being here.
1: I appreciate it, brother.
0: So what we're going to do is we're going to see you guys all uh, at the Boneyard on Saturday. Thanks for tuning in to the Coach's Show presented by Victus Health, and uh, we'll see you on Saturday. Let's go Sugar Skulls.